Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, TM815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, How to Approach the White Sox Series. And Ask me can questions if I was confusing. How to approach the White Sox series. The Cubs-White Sox series was supposed to be incidental. About five, six days ago, pretty much everybody was presuming the White Sox would take care of their business, the Cubs would take care of their business, and this would be just a Organized scrimmage, a couple of teams preparing for their inevitable run to the postseason, through the postseason, with home games due rather quickly. Well, about that. The White Sox, you know about the Cubs. The White Sox have won one of their last, let's see, they're one and six. Yeah, they've won one of their last seven games. And they've gotten very creative about finding ways to lose games. The Indians in the last two games, if you are a White Sox fan at all, the last two games have been borderline soul-crushing. The Thursday game went extra innings. The White Sox scored two runs in the top of the extra inning. Two runs. The the standard is one. You score one run, then the other team figures they're all good. They'll just score that cheap runner on second, and everything will be fine. No worries. However, the White Sox had managed to score two runs, not one, So Cleveland was going to have to come up with something special. They scored one run to cut into the lead. And then Jose Ramirez knocked a three-run homer to walk off the White Sox. The next game, Friday's game, Thursday's game. That would have been Wednesday's game. Thursday's game, both teams were sending out quality starters, and the White Sox endured a a very good start from a Cleveland starter, and it was one-to-one to to the seventh, and the White Sox pushed across two more runs in the seventh inning, and it was obvious it was over. There was no way that the Indians would come back again. Ricky Renteria called in Carlos Rodon, fresh off the injured list, to come in in relief, even though Rodon is not a relief pitcher. He is historically a starter. And, well, Cleveland won again. What should be the approach for a fan as they stare at the White Sox game? I see two different things. 
One of them is a basic level dive. One is a deeper dive. At least I think they are. Um, the White Sox pitchers for these series are Dylan Cease, Dane Dunning, Reynaldo Lopez. None of them are what you would consider durable. The White Sox, I actually like the White Sox bullpen. I really do. Their pieces seem to fit together rather well. If they get five or six innings out of a starter, they can usually have the lefty to come in, then bounce them back with a righty, then maybe another righty. Then they have the closer late, and usually they're pretty good. Recently, things haven't gone as planned. My recommendation for the Cubs, and not many people are going to like it, is I think the Cubs all work counts again. I don't think this season Kyle Schwarber is going to be any different than Kyle Schwarber has been all season. I don't think Javier Baez this season is going to be any different than Javier Baez has been all season. I don't think Anthony Rizzo or Wilson Contreras are going to be any different than they've been all season. Somebody might get hot and all of a sudden start pouring through and having great games. I'm not necessarily seeing that. If the team comes out and immediately starts swinging at pitches instead of working counts, then they might turn a five or six inning pitcher into a six or seven inning pitcher and shrink down the necessity for the White Sox to go to their bullpen. I really think the Cubs ought to work the count still. It's not like they have a whole bunch of players on the roster who are going to get on base two times out of five. If you have that, I have a Stratomatic team that's like that. They just get on base and the next guy gets on base and they just keep working. The uh, The other team's pitcher has to have a 1-2-3 inning. Otherwise, they will have a strenuous inning. The Cubs aren't that team. The Cubs have to work counts. They have to try to get Dylan Cease up to 60, 70, 80, 90 pitches, whatever it's going to take to get him out of the game. Not that the next guy will be any better, but I just don't see this Cubs team this year, until I see otherwise, having seven, eight, nine better innings three or four times in a night. I just don't see it. They're not that group. So work the counts on Cease, work the counts on Dunning. Lopez, I looked him up. His largest pitch count inning of the season is something like 86. These two teams are getting together, and by all appearances, neither one deserves to win. The Cubs can't hit. The White Sox can't finish. That's why I'm seeing. Nonetheless, At least one of them will win two games this weekend. And whoever wins two games this weekend, they are in very good shape all of a sudden. If the White Sox win two games this weekend, they force Minnesota to win two or three against a suddenly rather hot Cincinnati Reds team. 
If the Cubs win two of three, they get that seventh spot. Or they get the correction, they get the, the third spot, not the seventh spot. So the approach as a deeper dive baseball fan, you realize you can't will a hitter into getting a double. The hitter can't bullwhip the pitcher into making a pitch that's going to be right where they're going to swing. All you can do is emphasize approach. And my thought is swinging at the first pitch, unless it's exactly where you're sitting, is a dumb idea. If it is exactly where you're sitting and that first pitch, you can hit it 95 or higher miles per hour on exit velocity, go right ahead. But what really hurts the Cubs is the one out, uh, one pitch, one out, ground ball to short that accomplishes nothing. At least if the count is run up a bit, that mystery bullpen of the White Sox, which I generally approve of, comes into question earlier. It could work. It might not work. If the Cubs starting pitching doesn't get it done, it doesn't matter regardless. I really do appreciate it. I've had another one of those nights where I check the numbers and the numbers for the people who looked at numbers of pages on the podcast, the podcast plays were fantastic overnight. And I know there are some newer listeners and I strongly appreciate you guys listening. And as you listen Hopefully you're thinking of who's that one person, who are those three people that might be interested in this sort of content. Share a link with them if you are capable of doing that. If you are not very tech savvy, which is also possible, shoot me a something. I will help you with linking something to someone, and we'll go from there. I try to see to it that this podcast is worth listening to. And when people listen and listen and listen to podcasts in heavy numbers, that tells me I'm doing a good job. So hit like, hit share, hit retweet, hit follow, all those things that a person does on social media. Anchor allows sponsorships. Should that be of interest to you? Mostly, just keep listening and hold me to a high standard because I am annoyed by people who have the opportunity to spread quality information, but don't. I have two other things to toss in along the lines of the idea of approach. One approach is I just had a an article on Bleed Cubby Blue about the Major League Baseball's approach to Minor League Baseball. It's not a happy read by any stretch. 
Anytime I talk about how Rob Manfred is messing things up, it's not a good thing. I've recently come up with a bit of a pledge of allegiance that I think that minor league owners are effectively going to have to sign off on to uh, get a minor league franchise. And I will be going into that at some point on down the line, probably rather soon. But you might want to go check out the article on Bleed Cubby Blue. I've linked to it on my Twitter, but bleedcubbyblue.com. And you'll be able to tell. It's uh, somewhat of a lengthy title, but you can tell it's a picture of Rob Manfred being who he is. The other thing to keep in mind about approach for this weekend's series against the White Sox. Some Cubs fans, some baseball fans, get lost in the minutiae. Again, I haven't used that word in a couple of podcasts. I have to reincorporate it back into my um, opening. But um, what the Cubs are going through. I quite literally pulled a tweet that just as well could have read Cubs. It was about 180 characters long, and it was all about the Yankees. Quite a few teams that are going to the playoffs right now look like they ought to be fourth place teams. It's not just the Cubs. It's not just because the Cubs can't hit. That's not the only reason that some teams that are going to the playoffs are playing like rubbish. The Brewers last night were playing against the Cardinals in a very important game. And after three and two-thirds innings, Corbin Burns, their top starter on the season, was done. He was not only done for the night, he might be done for the season regardless of whether the Brewers make the postseason or not. He was struggling through the game, high pitch count, and in the fourth inning he left with the assistance of a trainer with some apparent back difficulties. Back difficulties, not a good thing. I would say, especially for a pitcher, but especially for anybody. Corbin Burns is the Brewers' best starter. Corbin Burns is not a starter for the Brewers now, at least until he's healthy. The Cardinals, who beat the Brewers last night, announced today, Friday, that Dakota Mac- uh, no Dakota Hudson, probably their second best starter, at least for from a looking to the future perspective, Dakota Hudson is done for the year and they are exploring surgery, which is a precursor to someone saying, well, yeah, he's going to go have Tommy John surgery. Obviously, the Tommy John surgery would end his season in 2020, but also likely end his season in 2021. There are a whole lot of teams that are having a whole lot of trouble. Carlos Martinez, also on the Cardinals, done for the year. He hadn't been doing very well, but he's done for the year. Teams 
are losing players to rather severe injuries. Pitchers. Alex Gordon of the Royals hung it up today. Doesn't really have anything to do with the Cubs, but he finally said, I'm done. I'm done with it. Players are not indestructible. The Cubs are not the only team having concerns. 2020, how it's going to play out, we're getting to that point where it becomes a pure dice roll. You know who the better team is, perhaps, but hey, when it gets to Tuesday and Wednesday, you know this as well as I do, it's going to be on Tuesday and on Wednesday, how do Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish pitch? If they pitch very well and they're good for seven or eight innings, the Cubs are in good shape. That doesn't necessarily mean they'll win, but the Cubs are in good shape. If Darvish or Hendricks just flat out doesn't have it on that day, can't make it out of five, the Cubs are toast. I'll talk more about the playoffs when we decide who the Cubs are going to be playing in the playoffs. And I know some of you are interested in my assessments on who the Cubs are going to, how the Cubs are going to do in the postseason against whoever it is that they're going to play. And we'll, we'll have time for that. But baseball in October can be very cruel and very abrupt. Cubs fans are remembering that. 2016 was a good thing. 2017, 2018, 2019, less so. 2020 is looking a whole lot more like 2018 or 2019 right now. However, it's about who gets hot in October. Who's playing ball well on Tuesday? It's not about the long-term planning next week. For the next three games, part of it is the Cubs have to push to try to get the three seed instead of the seven seed. But again, part of it is which team do the Cubs least well match up with and how can they avoid them? You don't want the Dodgers. You know that. You you really don't want the Cubs to play the Dodgers. But as far as any of the other teams that they could realistically possibly play in the first round, which team is the horrible matchup? Arguably Cincinnati. Well, what the Cubs would want to do then is avoid Cincinnati. Avoid the Dodgers and avoid Cincinnati. Where's Cincinnati going to end up? Avoid them. If that's who you're afraid of. The fans' approach for the game. For many Cubs Sox fans, it will be (sighs) flashing nasty about how much I don't appreciate the other team. That's what a lot of people will be doing over the next three days in regards to Chicago baseball. 
most of the oh, hostility I would have had at some point against the White Sox is gone. I really don't have anything. The players on their team, I have no problem with. The announcers, I have no problem with now. I have no worries with the White Sox. They're fine. As for anything else that you might need to know for the season, for the series that's coming up, Luis Robert has been banished to the bench, or at least he was in part of the Indian series, because not only is he slumping at the plate, he's been slumping defensively. He struggled against the Indians. He struggled against the Twins. And he hasn't been playing. I don't know if he will play against the Cubs or not. But the Cubs aren't the only team that has struggling hitters. The Cubs aren't the only team that isn't playing spot-on baseball down the stretch. Try to enjoy the game. Try to enjoy the games. And should you be of a mind to... Have another screen up on your computer to watch the progress of the other games. The Brewers and Cardinals start a rather important doubleheader in a couple hours. If those two teams split, I'd be totally good with that. Um, enjoy the games. Try to learn something. And have something else available to do in case the game does go sour. Whether it is some yard work, whether it is spending some time with the family or petting the dog or whatever, I recommend that Deeper Dive baseball fans have a secondary outlet in the baseball field. Whatever it is that you're into, whether it is knowing one of the NL Central team's depth situations better than most people do, or whether it is knowing about a college baseball team better than most baseball fans do, or whether it is paying attention to high school showcases, or whatever that thing is that you do. Know it and be ready to do it if it turns out by the fifth inning the White Sox are up seven to one. But don't forget to come back because the White Sox can't finish. It's going to be an interesting series. It's going to be very, very, very frustrating for one batch of fans and for the other batch of fans, at least for two out of three days. It will be a respite from what's been a really, really hectic stretch of baseball. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.